What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Jimmy Atienza on the line. Jimmy is an IFBB pro bodybuilder. We talk about diet, we talk about nutrition, we talk about his humble early beginnings that were not the greatest and kind of how that impacted his desire to get into bodybuilding in the first place and just all the roads that let him down. Not going to lie, it's a little bit hard to understand him at a couple points. He, This is not his first language. English is not his first language, but he's got a hell of a story. I'm very impressed by this guy. He's got great intentions, and I'm just proud to have him on the show, proud to have him share that story. So without further ado, sit back, relax, learn something, and enjoy the conversation with Jimmy. Jimmy, we're live. How are you, brother? I'm great. I'm glad to have you, man. It's always cool for me to have another bodybuilder on the podcast. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Trust me. So I really like your content and your personality. You're a really cool guy, and I think a, a very good person to people know in this world, bodybuilding, especially in Spain, that we are just behind about knowledge and all the tendencies here there in the states so i'm I'm very happy to to be here with you hey it's my pleasure man my pleasure i want to kind of dive into because i'm actually um i've been doing a lot of reflecting lately and i feel like bodybuilding as a sport has had a profound impact on just my entire life from a business standpoint from like a relationship standpoint like it transcends the sport itself and it bleeds into all aspects of your life and I feel like people's motivation for starting in the bodybuilding is always very different. Uh, sometimes, I mean, it's more vain, like, hey, I just want to look good for the girls. But a lot of times it, it, it starts out that way and then it becomes something much more. So I'd love to kind of start with a little bit of backstory on you. Like, what got you into the sport in the first place? Like, where did you take it? I mean, you're freaking huge, man. <laughs> like, you, you got a lot, of, a lot of history with the sport for sure. So just kind of flesh that out a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Well... First time, the first time I start lifting weights. Uh, in my childhood, I was living a, let's say, a difficult situation at home. Um, we were a big family, seven brothers, and in my in my home, I was suffering um, you know, physical abuse. Me, my some of my brothers, and and person that I, I love the most in this world, you know. They really like superheroes, you know, they they, they love Batman and Superman and all that. And I, I never liked comics because I was like, when I'm in this fucking bad situation, I, I never see Superman and Batman jumping in the <laughs> through the window and helping me out. Mm-hmm. So that movie when I was like 13 years old, I saw the movie, Rocky, and I, I said, man, if you want to do something, you have to do it yourself. And I start, you know, like doing some physical workouts in a abandoned garage. I was lifting, you know, some irons that I found over there. I was putting my backpack over there in school with books and doing push-ups, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day I was like 13 years old and uh I tried to change that situation and I get beat really bad. <laughs> so I'm like, um, 
I, I can't support this anymore. So uh, I escaped. I left, left my home. It was December here in Madrid. It was pretty cold. And I was with a short sleeve and my t-shirt was full of blood. And I was trying to, you know, cover myself over for the, the rain and the, the cold. So I went to the subway, get there. I went, they kicked me out. I went to another place. It was a supermarket with a, like a mall. And I was where they leave the cars. They kicked me out of there too. So I was, you know, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in God and I believe in God because I really feel him several times in my life. And I was hiding in, in a place. And then a guy came out and they, he told me, what are you doing here? I, I know, leave me alone. I, I, I'm, I'm leaving. I was thinking that he was there to kick me out. And he told me, no, no, what's, what's wrong with you? What happened with you? You, you have some blood and you tease it. I said, no, no, leave me alone. But this guy gave me confidence. It was, um, it was something in him that gave me confidence. And he told me, okay, just let me give you a sweater, something to cover, a jacket. And let me take care of your injuries in the, in the face and all that. And you can, you can go. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. So we walk a little bit, and this guy walked me through a through a building, and it was a, a place there. And I look up, and he says, "Jim." He was the owner of a gym, mm -hmm. and we walked in, into the gym, and he borrowed me a jacket. He talked with me a little bit. I, I tell him what happened, and he told me, "Okay, let me." drive you home you have to be in you're 13 years old you can be in the, the streets you have to go back with your with your parents and come back tomorrow we're going to try to change the situation and uh i do that and i came back the next day and i didn't start in in the gym doing weights i was doing boxing because i i didn't want to look better i want to be bigger you know, stronger and be able to change that thing in, at, at home. Mm -hmm. So I started with that, with boxing and all that. But it was a guy there. It was an Italian guy called Claudio. And he was very muscular. He was wearing tattoos everywhere. And he was the, that kind of look that don't mess with me, you know. And I, I want to be that guy. I, he, he was like my hero. And he was always lifting weights. He was doing boxing too. And I remember with 14 years old, I was going every day asking him, can I train with you, Claudio? And he was like, come on, you're 63 kilos. <laughs> that, was, that was 130 pounds. <laughs> you're 14 years old. He was like, forget it. And I remember one day I was 14 years old. And he was doing deadlift. And I, I tell him, if, if I lift the weight, would you let me work out with you? He was like, yeah, whatever. So I tried and I lifted. I lifted 160 kilos with 14 years old and 65 kilos. And until that day, I started working out with him. Wow. And I didn't work, I, I was not working out to, to, because I have to be honest, in, in this gym, in the, in the weight area, it was pictures of bodybuilders. And I saw the pictures and for me, it was, it was kind of funny, you know? see them with all the oil, the, the potion, the potion trunks and all that. I'm like, shit, 
this is, this is not what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. And even in that time here in Spain, because United States is a completely different thing. James has been, the fitness industry has been big for, for years, but here in Spain in the 90s, the fitness industry was, only a few people were going to the gym and people considered, considered the people that go to the gym, they're almost weird freaks, you know, strange people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I, I also have that kind of mentality because it was a so, social thing, you know. Right. I was working out with him and I I really enjoyed the hard working out. Because I, I, found, I found a place in the gym where all that anger, all that bad stuff that I have inside of me, I can throw it in a place. And the thing that gives me back, it was a good thing. I get into the squats with all the anger and all that pain and do crazy sets, do crazy weights. And I was feeling like home. I, I found home. I found the, the place where I feel free and liberated and I was feeling great in the gym. And I remember one day, the, the guy that picked me on the street, the, the owner of the gym, he told me, look, they give me this, those tickets for the FIBO. I'm not going, you want to go? And I was like, no, I don't know. It was a bodybuilding show. And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I, I, I asked my friend, you, you want to go? Yeah, let's, let's go. And we go, go over there and we were walking through the fair to the expo. I was, you know, like with my eyes <laughs> coming out of the, the page, I was like, damn, there's a lot of big people here. Mm-hmm. And they, they announced on the speaker that they, they say, uh, in five minutes, it's going to start the exhibition of an um, American bodybuilder called Vince Taylor. I was like, yeah, let's, let's go and see it. And we went there, and that was love at the first sight. I saw Vince Taylor posing with a Terminator routine. I don't know if you see it. You ever see Vince Taylor? You know yeah, who yeah, he yeah. is? Yeah, it looked great. Yeah, I saw that choreography with the Terminator moves. With the, he was literally a Terminator coming into life, you know. Mm-hmm. And I saw him. I was like, man, that's what I want to be. I want to be a bodybuilder. I fell in love with it. And to make the story so that. I changed the situation at home. I beat that person, but in this process, I, I didn't feel when I when I do that and I be, beat that person, I didn't feel good. And I was feeling, I, I was thinking that after that, I, I was gonna feel great. Like, and, and I feel like shit. It was to see that person, you know, embarrassing and in, in the floor. It was not something that made me happy. But in that process. I found peace. I found home. I found the gym. I found. I found that my my mission, my passion in life, you know. And that's what that's the way I start really working out and getting into bodybuilding. I was like 18 years old there, but it was till late, really late, like seven or six. Six or seven years later, I didn't start in really bodybuilding because when I was 18 years old, I started with a relationship with a, with a woman. She had a um, baby of one year and 
I take care of that. So I was like having like family responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Also, I was playing football, American football. I was a running back. And I was in, in that time, I wasn't uh, like in, in trying to find my place. Did you choose football or bodybuilding? I, I even went to the States, played a little bit of football. I injured my shoulders, came back to Spain. And it was, it was not till 2000, 2004 that I started bodybuilding. And also in that time, for me, it was a huge decision because everybody was telling me, if you want to compete, you have to use anabolic steroids. Mm-hmm. For me, that was a big step because in my mind, I don't know at that time in, in the States, but in here in Spain, the magazines that came, it was all, all like with their publication. And you can see Arnold and Lila Brother and all the big bodybuilders with the advertisements and all that. And they would say, no, say no to steroids. They're bad for you. And I, I, in my mind, in my innocent mind, I thought that all, all that was true. And I was thinking that the big champions, they were natural. And when they, they are like the um, you know, competitors, circus and the people that was competing, they said, oh, that's all bullshit. You, you, you need this to, to compete. But for me, it wasn't a, like an inner battle with my principles and my, my, the way I see the sport, you know? Because were you trying to make it like a profession at that point? Because you had gotten the injury of football and you were looking to bodybuilding like as a career path? No, 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 not at all. Because uh, I came back here in Spain and the, the first thing that put me in contact like, with, with competition there was a it was a brand here, a supplementation brand with, with products and all that. Mm-hmm. They told me, well, I, I, I never compete, uh, but they, they like my image. They like the way the way I look, and they they, they say that they were interested in you know in sponsorship and all that. And I was like, okay, that's good, but they told me, but uh, we want you to compete. And I was okay, and then they told me, well. Yeah, the coach and all that that they, they were like doing their the contest he told me that like, this is the, the truth is this if you want to compete and do it good all the guys are doing this and you have to do this and for me it was a huge jump you know to start doing this but the, the thing is that uh, in that times in the 2004 here in Spain it, it was a huge respect for this this kind of stuff, you know, and I re- I remember and I can because I, I I use them for for my professional career and all that, so I can compare the the stuff that we're using in that in those days and the, the stuff that the people use today to compete, and it was ridiculous. It was like nothing. It was like a nothing at all, and but even even that. Low dose for me was because it was not about the dose. It was about the um, the um, ethical thing. It was something about my my feelings and the way I see the sports and all that. So for me, do, doing that was a big jump. So how old were you when you first started experimenting with it? I was like 24. 24. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the the first experience like? Did you feel a difference? instantly yeah yes 
um, I have to be to be honest, especially in in, in the recovery and the condition. But as I told you, I, I was it wasn't stupid in quantity. It was nothing. But even that low dose, I can really see the difference. And in 2004, it was a huge competition here in Spain about the level of the competitors. It was, I don't know if you, if you know the names, Paco Bautista, he competed at Olympia. Mm -hmm. Silvio Samuel, he was competing at that time too. I competed with him, Marco Chacon, Alfonso del Rio. It was like the, the golden era here in Spain. So I came out of nowhere and won the Spanish championship, winning all the, you know, like the heavy competitors in the in that time here. So I won that championship, and then in 2005, it wasn't there was an expo in in Madrid, and I was there with my with my brand, and it was a a guy there called Benny James. <laughs> And he was there and we stopped chatting a little bit and we connect and we went out for dinner and all that. And he told me, oh, you have some potential to do sport. I want to help you out. And then in 2005, he helped me out with the, with the country preparation. And he, he, was, uh, he was fourth in the Olympia that, that year. He was in the really like in the top of the sport. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I can see myself a blessed person because he helped me out and he started with, with me preparing the, the competitions. And to have a, a guy like this in, in that moment in bodybuilding is like, I don't know, if Michael Jordan came to you and you won't play basketball and he wants to have you out. So it was like a, like a miracle. And he, he was for me more, much more than a coach. He was like a, like a big brother. You know? And that year, the 2005, before we started the preparation, he teached me something that I'll never forget. We went to the Canary Islands and I was thinking, he, he told me, he was living in Germany at that time. And he told me, okay, let's, Let's meet in Canary Islands because it's something like it wasn't like in the middle between Madrid and Germany. So we get there and I was doing my my suitcase and everything, preparing my stuff. And I was thinking that the week that we're gonna that I'm gonna spend with him in the Canary Islands is gonna be pure training, pure hardcore training, you know, starting the preparation and all that. And we get there, I meet him over there. We went to gym, we went to train legs, and I can feel that he was trying to, to see if I have it, if I had the, the passion, if I had the, you know, the, um, the willing to, to, to be a, a provider builder. So we did a crazy leg workout <laughs> and we finished it. I think I, I passed the test. And after that, we went, we went out for dinner and we went to a place. It was like a little lounge in the in the beach. And he asked to the waitress, "Can you bring a Jack Daniels bottle?" And I was like, "Jack Daniels bottle for what?" So the waitress bring the bottle, 
she opened it up and drink like it, I don't know maybe almost half of the, the bottle and he <laughs> he gave it to me and I was like man we 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 we're sportsmen we 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 just sports we we can drink and he told me you you want me to help you out and I was like yeah more more, more than brief <laughs> he told me yeah, go ahead and drink and we spent the rest of the week partying like crazy like crazy I was 25 or 24 years old. As I told you before, when I was 18, I have like family obligations. So I was working all day. I was working the construction. I was working at night in, in the, as a bouncer in the clubs. I was working, working. So my whole, my whole life was, I have no, like no fun, no, mm-hmm. no jam hook, you know? So after the week, I, I remember we were we were in the in the airport. I was coming back to Madrid. He's coming back to Germany, and he told me, "What I want you to learn from this is that you can you can always be hardcore and be, you know, going against the world. You, you have to relax some time. Now we have fun. We relax our minds. Let's get into the preparation, and we do that for the next." Three or four years, it was like a our our way of doing it. You know, we we party for one week, crazy, and then we get into the preparation, and that was, that works really really good. Because the next four years, I was like almost winning everything, having really good results in the competition. I was like getting into the really deep into the bodybuilding. I went in the 2009 to the Arnold Classic in, in Columbus, Ohio. And I was competing there with a crazy lineup, Lionel Villek, uh, Ruli Winkler. And I got third in that competition. Which, which year was that? 2009, 2009. Yeah. and. In, in that competition, the Federation here in Spain, the IVB, six weeks prior to the competition, they tell me I was completely upset, you know, because I was off season. And six weeks prior to the competition, they told me, you, you want to go? I was like, oh, shit, I want to go, but in six weeks. So I really had a, a very short time to prepare the competition. And even with that conditions, I get in a good place. So after that, Everybody was looking for me. Ruli Winkler and, and me, the people were looking at us like, okay, these two guys is going to be the future bodybuilder. So 2010, I, I get in contact, and Dennis told me, you, you want to go the next step, you need a, the best coach in the world. And for me, this George Farah. I don't know if you know, you know him. He was mm-hmm. the trainer of Dwayne Johnson, and he was a really good coach and, and, and tremendous human person. He was so, so nice. He's so nice. He's one of the best person I ever met, I ever met in my life. So I started work, working with him. He was uh, doing the coaching and everything. And I was in the best shape of my life. I was weighing like 110 kilos with extra uh, glutes. Everything was going fine. I was feeling fantastic. And three weeks before the competition, 
they discovered um, that my father has uh, cancer, and I has a, I have a lot of things to, you know, heal with my father. So my mind started to mess it up, and I, I decided to stay here. Didn't, I didn't go to the to the championships, to the Arnold Classic, even though I was in the best shape of my life. I decided that I have to heal something with, with my father, and so I stay here. And I didn't compete. And then after that, they they told me that in October it's gonna be the uh, first pro show here in Spain. And they, I was asking to to go there, so they gave me the pro license. They gave me the IPV pro license for all my. Um, Winnings and everything that I did in the, in the amateur rankings, mm -hmm. so I was I was pre preparing for that that competition. But the thing that was in 2010, after the thing with my father, I decided to do a surgery in my in my belly button for hernia, and also I have a malformation in my throat. So it was a, a birth thing. So they have to cut out my, my uvula, you know, what is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they cut it out. And also, uh, also my the, um, the ceiling of my mouth, it, hasn't have, it doesn't have the, um, the right um, uh, way, so they save. So they put a, a silicone thing in the, in the ceiling of my mouth. So it was, a, it was a big surgery, you know, between the hernia and the thing in, in my throat. And how many weeks was this prior to show day? That was in the, um, June, and the show was in October. So after the surgery, they told me, you want to go? And again, it was like 10 weeks to go, and I, I just almost get out of the hospital. So it was a fucking bad idea to do that show. <laughs> but, you know, I was in that time where I thought I was super Jimmy, and I said, okay, let's, let's, let's roll, let's do it, and I'm, I'm going to win the show. So I started preparing to the show. And at the third week, I started feeling kind of weird doing my trainings. Like I, I didn't recover well in, in between my sets and all that, but I was, you know, forcing the, the machine, you know, and because I, I really wanted to always keep going, keep going. The, the whole preparation, I was not feeling good. And I get to the competition, I, I compete, but it was far away of my best shape. And the, um, the feeling, I was feeling so bad, you know. So I compete, uh, I get 10th. And for me, that was like a, a disaster because the, the worst I get in, in my whole career, I think it was third. Mm -hmm. So that for me, it was something, oh, this is something that I can't. Can, can deal with it. So I I took like a month off and then they told me that in March, it's going to be a, another championship here in Spain. So I was, okay, we, we have to make this shit and make this up and go back and do it again. So with a very short period of, of recovery, I start another preparation. So I start that. And I was feeling again really, really bad in the in the trains. Like my, I was sort of breath. So I, I said, okay, let's check this out. I went to the hospital. 
it was nothing. It was just a flu. So okay, it's, it's just a flu. I start with the antibiotics and I keep my training. I keep everything. I was still feeling bad. So two or three weeks later, I went back to the hospital. They told me, no, no, this is still a flu. Yeah. Keep going with the antibiotics. I went another time to the hospital. They told me the same thing. And I remember I was keep going because everything was uh, apparently okay. So I, I remember one day I was dropping one of my kids in, in school and I was coming back home and I was absolutely sad of breath. I was like, <sighs> and I was feeling like bubbles in my chest. Mm -hmm. I fell down and the next thing I, I remember I was in an ambulance like in the movies. I was seeing the guns with the thing that electric pads to wake you up. Mm -hmm. my, heart, my heart stopped three times. So now I get to the hospital in a really, really bad situation. So I was in the hospital and they told me that I have a, I suffer a severe pneumonia that was, that has been with, with me for months. That caused a, a severe pain and severe uh, damage in my heart. And they told me that my, my lungs at that time was working at 20%. So they told me that if the, in, in the next three days, the um, fluids and everything didn't get out of the, of the lungs, they, I, they, I will need a, a severe surgery. Unfortunately, that never happened. The medication, all the medication were so good, so I started flushing out all, all the fluids. And but after that, I spent two months in the hospital. And in that period, they told me, look, uh, that thing caused uh, irreversible damage in the in your heart, so you can you, you won't be able to do any kind of sport. This is that. This is that's it for you. So, and we're gonna put you in a in a list for a heart transplant. Because probably you're gonna need that. And man, that was I was in the hospital, and I was all my life, all, all the all the thing that I that I love, the sports and everything was like throwing away the window. And I was, and it was because um, you were in the hospital when the show was going on, right? If it was. In March, and you were in the yeah. hospital for two months, yeah. so you were like seeing your buddies on stage, and you're getting yeah, told yeah. that you may have to have a heart transplant. Yeah, but to be honest, at that time, because I was I was breathing with that machine, you know, I was I was thinking absolutely hundred percent in my kids and in my family. Mm -hmm. Bodybuilding that time, you know, the thing is that the, the thing that you miss. I was not missing the competition, but I was thinking about life without without being able of doing physical activity, you know. And on top of that, without they, they told me literally told me you're gonna need help even to go to the groceries or to you know walk in the stairs and stuff like that. So that. The future ahead of me was really dark. And so two months later, I get out of the hospital with like, they told me like 
30 pills per day for the one for the uh, heart pressure one it was a, a lot of medication and but you know in in these two months in the hospital again i felt the presence of when i when i say god people imagine a, a guy with a long white bird in the sky you know when i say god uh, i believe in a superior energy you know mm-hmm. when i look at the, at the world i look at the beauty of the world and i said this cannot be something um, um castle it's, it, it has to be something behind all this and that's what i believe you know and that's what i was feeling in the, in the hospital this it was a superior intelligence behind all that and in these two months and with all the negative messages of the doctors and all that something inside of me it was like no no you're gonna get out of this i don't know how but you're gonna get out of this and that was something that i, I absolutely believe in, on, on it every day even with all the like the bad messages i, I was getting mm-hmm. and on top of that, I was living in Valencia at that time, so I was not living in Madrid. So I was there only with my two kids and, and my wife at that time. And the second week I, I was in the hospital, the father of my wife at that time dies. So, and they, they were from Santo Domingo. So my wife had to came here to Madrid to do a lot of stuff with the you know, paperwork because they want to send the, the body to San Domingo and all that. So I spent a month by myself, absolutely alone, only with your things, with your thinking and all that, you know. And that really changed your life. And the day today, I can say that all that things that happened to me it was the best thing that happened in my life. I really absolutely rebirthed and that really changed my my, my, my entire vision of, of life and that was like a, uh, I can say it still that was a blessing so after get at the, the hospital I was you know start investigating looking all the different uh, types of medicines, Chinese medicine, natural medicines, because I, I, I was feeling, I was feeling like the, the, the conventional medicine they, they were giving to me, they were doing to me a lot of harm. I was mm-hmm. feeling so bad taking those medicines. And I was, I, I prepared like a plan of action to, to get better. And I remember that time I was going every day to the beach and the first day, uh, I said, okay, let's try to run 100 meters. So I tried to run. First day, couldn't make it. I fell down in the middle. Second day, I, w- I went there every day for one year. I was going to the beach trying to run the 100 meters. And it took me a year to be able to do that. But I can't remember that day like it was today. After a year and, and some a year and a half, something like that, I was running, do the 100 meters, do 200 meters, do 300 meters, 
I ended up running three kilometers. And I was feeling my, my heart because every time I was trying that, I can feel my heart like boom, boom, trying, like wanting to stop, you know? And I, that, that day I was running and I feel the, like my heart pumping the blood and, you know, elevating the heart rate and function. And that was a, a absolutely marvelous sensation and, and feeling. And through that process, I was, I started work with a, with a doctor. And at that time, it was 2011, 2012, something like that. I started doing um, a lot of therapy with uh, fasting. I was doing fasting. Mm-hmm. And that helped me out a lot. Absolutely a lot. I work on that and I start also doing meditation. I start reading a lot of Bruce, Bruce Lipton, uh, our German doctor, Cole Hammer. And uh, I start investigating a lot about the correlation of the emotions and the illness. And I was reading a lot of stuff that for me was like bumping in my head, like, oh, I feel this this thing is what what, what happened to me. And I I think I really think it's a huge, huge relation between that. So I, I try to, you know, start forgiving people in my life, forgiving myself and healing my, my heart and my emotions. And I'm not saying that to, to this, I, I don't want to send the, the message to people, oh, you, you, you're sick. And for one year and a half, I was going to the to the doctor and I, I have to be honest with you, every month I was like, I was sick in my pants every time I went there. Mm-hmm. The, the message was always the same. It's not, it's not getting better, you're still on the list. We're gonna wait one more month and you know, stuff like that. And I went there with with, the, with my doctor, the doctor that was helping me out with the fasting and all that. He he was a, a conventional doctor, but he found uh, in a time of his life that the way he treated his patients, he was he was not helping them. So he tried to find other other ways. He was doing a lot of uh, natural medicine. And I went with him because I was terrified of going there. So he, he, he was my doctor, but he was my friend too. So we went there and the doctor, the other doctor came in, started doing to me the, the, the thing with the, I don't know how to call it in English, is to, to see your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the, the therapy, like the, the things they do in the, in the pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. He was doing it on my heart. And then the guy grabbed the machine and left the, the room. And I was like, shit, I get scared. I was, oh, man, something's wrong. And he came back with like five more doctors. I was, I was terrified. I was, oh, man. And they, he started using the machine again. And the doctors were talking in between each other. But is it the same patient? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, it's the same patient. My heart went to the, and, and supposedly it was a irreversible situation. My heart was working at uh, 35% and went up to 
43%. They were like, and normal rate, it would be between 47 and 50. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it's, it's not possible. And they were like, get very intrigued with what, what I was doing. And I, I taking your medicines. I was, you know, if, if I told them, uh, look, I'm not taking your medicines. I'm doing fastings. Um, I'm going to run every day to the beach. They, w- they will probably send me to the mental <laughs> part of the hospital. So, so I would like saying, oh, no, no, I'm taking medicine and all that. And they were like feeling proud of this of themselves, thinking, oh, the protocol we use is working and all that. So I keep doing that. And after that, I was... Um, for the wrong reasons, I was trying to go back to bodybuilding. I was, you know, I, was, I think it was, a, I still need a ego <laughs> treatment on, on, on that, no? Because you had lost a lot of muscle at that point, right? Yes, yes. Well, I, want, I, I, I have always been, like, pretty muscular, and the, I think the, the way I, I build my physique with all those years of training without anabolics and all that, Create a, a, a really deep tissue, you know, a really mature muscle. So I went down to like 95 kilos, but I was still looking pretty muscular, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I tried to go back to the bodybuilding competitions and I, I was doing that. Um, I was doing extremely carefully with, you know, all the, um, with the anabolic stories and all that. But it was something myself. I was, I was like betraying my, my inner self, and I was feeling so bad with that, doing that, and especially with that hard situation, I was feeling that I was doing something wrong for for my family, for my kids. So I tried to compete like two or three times with the so bad results because. I was doing it for the wrong reasons. With um, I was doing the, I was following the path that everybody was following instead of following the path that I feel that I have to to follow. So I started developing another issue, uh, another illness. I was eating compulsive, you know. Before the, you know, the diet is very very important with uh, bodybuilding. If you want to be in safe, you have to be 100% um, And this was before you were doing like keto or anything too. So you were just eating the standard like body yes. and bro diet of like chicken yeah. and rice? Yeah, it is. But uh, look, looking back to the past, in 2005, Danny James, he put me in a ketogenic diet in 2005 mm-hmm. for a contest. And I was feeling great. You know, but I don't know why I go back to the old path because they are coaches and supposedly or the, the all the gurus in the sport they were saying that you can you can do that and be muscular. Nowadays I can totally say that was absolutely wrong. And but that was my my first try with the ketogenic diet, but it was not way years before, uh, after that, that I, I go back to the ketogenic diet. So at that time, I was eating the typical bodybuilding, um, tons of chicken, tons of rice, potatoes, and the 
typical bodybuilding diet at that time. So I do that. And in 2017, I said, okay, Jimmy, you love bodybuilding, but what you don't love about bodybuilding is only one thing. You love to train. If you if you feel in your path and you feel good with yourself, you're a very, very um, commitment person, just with your diet and everything. Why don't you try to compete without anabolics? And I do it in 2017 and people was freaking out. I get a, an amazing physique, an amazing physique with, without, without anabolic storage. I was trying to compete in the classic physique division that mm -hmm. after a wild diet I was doing, I was eating three times a day, uh, probably 150 grams of chicken and, and lettuce. That was it. With no fats. I was, because I, I was trying to reach 87 kilos and I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. So I, I ended up competing in the two swap division and get 10th in that competition. I was at the three days before I was looking great, but as long as I was trying to get in, in the weight, I ended up looking very flat and with um, my muscle was really punished to the to the point to get that to the point. So I was not looking really, really great. But the physique, I was proud of I, I, This is the preparation I was, I'm, I'm most proud of it. And I was feeling so happy. Even the diet was extremely hard. The fact that I was not doing the asteroids made me feel so good. So, so good. Because I was in peace with myself. And that's something that I, I need. I need to be in peace with myself. At that time, I, I tried since 2005 uh, was the first time I, uh, I like try a ketogenic diet, but the way I do it at that time, now I, I realize it was not true keto because it was like five or six meals a day with a bunch of protein. So mm -hmm. what, what I was doing was I was cutting up the, the carbs. I was still eating some vegetables and it was like um, high, high protein moderating fats and basically no no carbs only some veggies here and there but it was not that like like because now that i have done the ketogenic diet um, more wisely i can really feel the benefits of doing it the, the right way yeah, it's, so, it's interesting man i feel like a lot of the bodybuilders in the space like the in the fitness industry in general like when they think of keto, they just like they don't add the fat. They just remove the, they they cut down the carbs, but they leave the protein super high. But they don't really add more fat, so it winds up being just no energy. Yes, 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 yes absolutely. And you know, here in Spain, I have like a, I'm I'm like a like the bad guy of bodybuilding, you know. Because now I'm I'm sharing with everybody the benefits of the. You know, in a minute, mm -hmm. oh, 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 oh. crazy pumps with you know, just using some sodium and some MCTs and all that. 
So, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm good with it because I, I understand something that explodes the brain of the bodybuilders here in, especially here in Spain. I don't know about the States, but in here it's like, a, I'm, I'm like the bad priest in the church, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But it's something that I feel that I have to serve. And, and, I, and I'm working with all my clients in keto and with the intermittent fasting. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it with myself. I'm feeling great. I look for myself and now. I, I'm, I'm very happy with the way I look. I still, I still weigh like a hundred and two kilos and looking good. Feel healthy as hell. I, since last year, I stopped boxing again, and I can I can do boxing. I, I, I'm, I run every day like five miles. I do workouts. I do training. I do heat, and I never felt tired. You know, never, never felt low energy. And you know, it's something that I want to. I, sometimes people get like, like with, with their religion with the. the Diets and the way I, I don't like the the, the, the word diet because sound like diet. <laughs> a lot of the time we we relation to the diet with some something miserable, you know, eating plain chicken and, and lettuce. And for me, it's not it's not diet. It's it's a way of life, and it's, it's a magnificent way of life. It healed my problem with the food. I was eating compulsory for for the last years. I was having a lot of issues with my shoulders, with my inflammation in the shoulders, in my joints. That all went out. I feel great mentally. And this is a fantastic point of, of, of view, the biology of the human body. And in, in the bodybuilding aspect, when I found you, I was like, man, this is this this is the guy. You you proved the world that you, you can look amazing, you can get cut, you can be a bodybuilder and, and be absolutely competitive with an amazing physique with a ketogenic approach. And that's something that I think I, I want to serve with the world too, that you can be in keto. It can be my my concept of fitness is from the in to the outside. Mm-hmm. The better you you're in you you are in your inside, your health, your emotions, all that counts. All that counts, and and all that is gonna make your outside, your body looks better. That's the way it's it. Totally and agree. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy doing bodybuilding. I'm not feeling miserable doing bodybuilding. So uh, for me, I found the, the, the perfect way to do it. And I've been in, in this quarantine, I've been studying a lot the you know, old bodybuilding, the, the old days. And I was I was reading Ben Gironda, you know, you know him? Mm-hmm. He was like the... Um, Steak and egg one. diet. Yeah. <laughs> and I was... It's, it's like going back to roots. Yeah, that's, but, that's the beauty but, of it, man. It's like we always had it figured out, but we've like <laughs> we've tried to overcomplicate things, and it's only hurt us. Absolutely. 
even the Arnolds and the Barbells in the 70s, if you, if you listen to them, they were, okay, in the morning we, we were taking uh, some bacon, some eggs, then we went to work out, then some red meat with the eggs, and then pro probably after a protein powder, and at night it was a salad with meat. So it was a ketogenic diet. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I was reading a lot because in, in the French bodybuilding in the 60s and 70s, the, there was a guy called Serge Nivret. He was an amazing bodybuilder. And he was a guy that he was coaching all the French bodybuilders over there. And the protocol he was following it was one meal a day. If you say that to the bodybuilders, nowadays they were like, Bodybuilding today is um, it's going there the wrong way. It's too complicated. It's excessive amounts of chemicals and bad stuff. And I think it's 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 interesting to go back to roots, you know. And especially, we have to find a, a healthy and a better way of practice this marvelous way of life because for me it's a way of life and i i really i love this sport this sport gives give me a lot and takes me a lot too but it's, i think that if you practice it in the in the right way it's a, a marvelous way of life because it teaches you a lot it gives you a lot of discipline you know it makes you a better person but you have to do it in the in the right approach in the right way yeah, 100% agree, man. It's, it's got to be healthy. It's got to be something that you can sustain. I mean, it, if, if you, there's been so many bodybuilders that have died way before their time because they've tried to go so extreme with the drugs, with the training, with the lifestyle that it, it, they see this spike in performance, but then they die. It's like such a short lived phenomenon. Yeah. And to me, like, I'm excited about, the ketogenic lifestyle paired with, you know, natural bodybuilding because I feel like you'll just continually get better and better and better. Like you'll have a solid foundation. It's healthy. It's sustainable. It's enjoyable. And your, your quality of life will be just so much better for the long haul. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially also in, in, the, in the industry. And I think also the, the federations has to Look after it and try to change the the um, what they are re rewarding in competitions. For me, because I, I've been there, I was in my beginnings. My type of physique it was a much more pleasant aesthetic physique. But they told me, "Oh, if you want to go higher, you, you have to get bigger." And not always bigger is better. Absolutely not. And if the federations and the judges keep rewarding the 300 pounds guys in the States, that's not healthy. Yeah. That's healthy. And even the, for me, I, I like much more the physics in the 70s and in the 80s that the bodybuilders nowadays. And this, this is not a critic to the bodybuilders. They, they're trying to you know, follow the the standards. They're trying to, and obviously, this this is leading to a, a really 
um, not healthy way of, of, of doing the bodybuilding because guys of 30 30 years old 20 something years old dying this is not normal we have we have to put some line some light on it and try to change it this is not the this is not the way yeah it's so, not the way and there's just so much uncertainty around there regarding the long-term effects of what's going to happen if you're you know dosing these high high quantities of anabolic steroids and other performance enhancing drugs like there's just not it's just it's just bad news i mean i i can't judge anybody i won't judge anybody based off of their decisions like there's definitely steroids in the sport but i i feel like totally looking at the physical totally taking that aside like not even considering the physical aspect of it and the damage there but when you take that shortcut you're you're shortchanging your your mind because what you're doing is you're foregoing the mental discipline that comes with doing it all natural seeing how far the body and the mind can be pushed in the absence of all those performance enhancing drugs and if you take that shortcut and you you introduce those drugs you'll never be able to experience that purity of the sport and that is something that I'm incredibly passionate about preserving and trying to make a goal for people wanting to get involved with bodybuilding like enjoy and and grasp that purity and embrace that rather than the drugs absolutely bro. what what i rescue and for a lot of years I've, I've been you know i feel bad about use them and all that but nowadays no what i rescue it was that young guy that went to the gym full of empty shells and feeling the pump and feeling good with himself. Mm-hmm. And as, as you say, I, I'm not going to judge anybody. I am I, I'm not saying I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I just saying, I mean, I'm just saying that, um, for me, this is the way I like to, to see it. I like to live it. And for me, it's much better. I always say it in my, in my interviews, I would say the same, and I say I, I say deeply. I wish, I really wish, anabolic steroids didn't exist in the sport. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, shoot, man, people follow the money, and the money pays to see the freaks. You know, they want to see the three hundred pound plus guys. It's unfortunate because, you know, that is not the ideal picture of health. It's painted as the picture of health, but it's the farthest thing from it. Yes, but I think it's, there, there is a, um, a market for everybody. And I think if the federations or other federations start another type of bodybuilding, I feel that it's, it's a lot of people like you and other people that they, they don't want to follow those steps. So we need to open another options to their rest of the people that want to follow another path, you know, because if, if there's only one path, because I, I'm talking about my experience, it was it was only that path. So I was try, I was trying to follow a path that it was not resonating with me. Mm-hmm. Even the, the physique that I was creating, I didn't like it. I, I love my physique in, in my early days. But then I was trying to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and I was I, I messed my physique. I really destroyed it, and also in the in the training compartment, 
um, when I was, you know, trying to, to, to be the best, <laughs> it was the Ronnie Collins and the Dorian Gates. They, they would, you know, heavy duty and go to the gym and try to torture yourself and kill yourself. And two streams is, is not good. You can see it in Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman yeah. was the king, but now, you know. And unfortunately, uh, I I learned about it. And nowadays, my approach of training is absolutely different. And I get much better sensations. And I, I can probably say the results. Because um, I'm not, I'm not mm, trying to defend to light training, but to, to use the amount of weight necessary to stimulate the body, not annihilate, not annihilate your body. So I'm, I'm, nowadays I believe much more in the mind-muscle connection, really feel the muscle, and use proper technique and all that. Because also I was, I was doing crazy stuff, crazy stuff. I was doing 360 deadlifts. 300 squats for reps and i think that you know i, I have several injuries in my body but also it, it really changed the the, um, the shape of my my body my yeah. waist get bigger and, and all that so that's that's what happened when you follow the path that when you put on on a suit that is not your size you know yeah definitely it's yeah. it's um I mean that that kind of goes right into the fold of what's sustainable too. I mean you you see like like Ronnie Coleman being a perfect example. I mean he has to have a wheelchair everywhere he goes now. He he's on crutches. He can't he can't function like he used to because he's just beating his body up. Uh, yeah. And I don't think he would do it any different. So I mean I've got utmost respect for Ronnie, but there is a more sustainable way to do it for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. If, if Ronnie Coleman, because he, he, he didn't need more size. He was huge. For what you, you're still doing, uh, like 800 squats, mm -hmm. you, didn't, you didn't need them. So sometimes our, our ego and our, I, I, I would not say ego, but sometimes uh, we want to keep being the best or trying to be the best, and we follow some parts that are, are not the best. So... Sometimes we, you need the hard work works, but hard work when it's intelligent works much better. 100% agree, man. We're speaking the same language for sure. Well, what what's next for you, man? What what do you have on the on the horizon? What what do you have coming up? No more competitions, or what what's the outlet now? For me, with competition. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, the last year I was I started with because um, I I I've always been um, keeping in touch with the boxing because I I love boxing. So even when I was um, 120 kilos, I was doing sometimes some boxing. But last year I I was I'm I'm a, I'm a very lucky guy because I always get like the right people in the right moment. Last year in, in the gym that I work out, um, Gabriel Campillo, which is a world champion of boxing, start going there. We we get connected and he starts coaching me. And I was preparing a, a boxing fighter. <laughs> so I was 
I was going to be the first pro bodybuilder going to the boxing world. And we were preparing um, a fight, but then all this thing of the COVID happened, so we have to postpone it. So right now I'm, I'm more in, into the, I'm, I'm still bodybuilding, I'm, but I think I can preferably combine the two of them. So I train with weights and I, uh, I do a lot of boxing. So I'm, Very cool. Boxing oh, is tough, man. I used to do that in college. It'll, yeah. it'll wear you out. You get, you got to practice it to know how tough it is. And I'm talking about the hitting. No, no, I'm talking about the physical part. Mm-hmm. The cardiovascular part, man. <laughs> if you do rounds and you get out of your breath. You know, Big time. Two minutes in the ring is like so much more difficult than any hit training I've ever done. No, no, no. This is no, no comparison. <laughs> you, you really feel the, the, the need of, uh, you know, stop because... It's so hot. It's so so hot, but it's so beautiful. I, I love it. I love sport. It is. I love it the, the, the boxing sport. I, it's amazing, and it, it gives you also something. I think in bodybuilding we need to open our minds. People think that oh, if you're a bodybuilder, you you only can do weights and weights and weights. No, no, no. Uh, people see me when I do the the hit training. I do. I always do uh, sprints. People freak out seeing a big guy, muscular guy doing sprints. Why not? What is what is written that if you are a muscular guy, you can you cannot run. When I do the stretching, people freak out. I'd like to. For what you want a twenty-one inch arms, if you can do nothing with it. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree, man. I'm trying to yeah. do that same thing myself. Like figure out, especially in the off season. Like when you're in the off season. You know, finding a way to branch out a little bit and just explore other, other skill sets, other sports, other pastimes, and just make use of the muscle you've built. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, when you're you're getting ready to the contest, you have to put more more energy on it, so mm-hmm. you can. At on the off season, open your mind. That's what I say always to the bodybuilders. You you look amazing, but you you can do you can do. By burpees, <laughs> you can run 30 meters. Man, you have to be functional. That's, that's the way I see it. I'm not saying my, my way is, is better than the others, but it's the way I see it. And, uh, well, I think that also gives you uh, another perspective of, of your body. I totally agree. Totally agree. Yes. yes. Well, where where do people go to follow you, man? I, I want to see I want to see this boxing match go down. Where where do where do people follow you and kind of keep in touch and see all this stuff unfold? Well, my my Instagram is uh, it's like my second name is Atienza with a Z. Um, Spirit Atienza Spirit is my Instagram, so they can follow me there. And yes, um, I'm posting my trainings and everything, trying to share as much as I can. As I told you before, I want to leave this world empty, absolutely empty. All that I can, all that I have in my inside, in my inside that can serve to other people, I want to leave it in this world. So I'm trying to, I'll say, dignify the sport of bodybuilding. Because people think that usually a bodybuilder can't have um, education, can have intelligence, has to be a damn ass, 
and I'm trying to change the the vision of the people have of bodybuilders. Totally respect that. Man. Uh, also, I, mean, I feel like that's a worthwhile goal for sure. And I I love boxing, so why I have to limit myself and don't do that because it's bad to sport? Who say that? You know, and I I, I remember uh, Franco Colombo in that pumping item. He was a boxer dude. He won the Italian championships as a boxer, and then he do bodybuilding. So we have to open our minds and don't limit ourselves. You know, I, and I learned from that because I've been wearing the shoes of other bodybuilders a lot of years in my life, and in this time of my life, at 42 years old. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm being purely myself and doing the things that I, I, I really feel. So that's why I choose that, that path in bodybuilding and do all the things that my heart told me to do. That's what, that's what I'm doing. I love it. Yes. Well, so Jamie, I'm, I'm, you're fighting the good fight, man. If there's, if there's ever anything I can do to help, I mean, definitely let me know. Reach out and let me know. Absolutely, because I also have in mind, you know, I, w- I want to live the experience of do a bodybuilding competition, going 100% keto and with this because I, I'm doing it in a halfway. You know, I'm I'm not doing like a severe diet, and I, I'm 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 really really surprised about the the, the uh, results, and I, I, I have them. I'm wondering if, if I do that 100%, man, and I do uh, get into the diet and all that with a, like with a counter preparation, I would love to see the, the results. And also, I, I think in, in my position, I can break down all the misconceptions that especially bodybuilders have about the ketogenic diet and all this. So definitely, man, <laughs> I, I look a lot, of, a lot of your stuff and I love the project you give to the keto and bodybuilding and the training and your aura as a person. You, you really have a good energy. I appreciate that. That that means a lot. It's uh it's definitely my passion, you know. I, I've done it the healthy way, I've done it the unhealthy way. I'd struggle with eating disorders too. I did the bro diet and I feel very confident that this this approach is the healthiest, most sustainable, and 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 best way to go about it. So I I want to do everything in my part to to share that message and, and make it more known. Absolutely, and I'm telling you absolutely honest. I'm I'm talking from my heart. You know, find you and Danny Vega and some other guys. For me, it was like a taking fresher because since a long time, all the things that. Uh, in bodybuilding doesn't motivate me, doesn't resonate with me. And to find guys like you with the same vision of bodybuilding and about health and all that for me was like absolutely fresher. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, brother. Well let's let's definitely keep in touch, man. There's a lot that we can learn from one another. So you know how to get uh-huh. in contact with me. We'll we'll keep this conversation going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Until then, man, you have a good one and stay healthy. Absolutely. You too, man. Take care. Thank, thank you for the opportunity and regards to everybody about that. Absolutely, man. Thank you.